It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. No Bradley Sal today. He's out on assignment. With me for the hours, Bracken Ray, former Ole Miss basketball assistant. Bracken, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, doing well, Ben. How are you? I'm good. What are you up to? Man, I'm up here in Nashville, Tennessee, enjoying uh, some nice weather, sunny and 75 here, but enjoying it up here. Looking forward to getting to Oxford uh, next week for the LSU series. Did you just decide that you didn't want to be in basketball coaching anymore? No, uh, I had I kind of wanted to move to the Nashville area, and a job presented itself in Brentwood, and now have been with the company for three years now, uh, loving it. So that's kind of how it all came about. Yeah, and see, the hours are probably much more normal. They feel like a normal job because once you get out of sports, you realize, oh, people go home at certain times. They're not working mm-hmm. on the weekends. Yes, exactly right. The eight to five is, uh, it's a little bit better. It's nice to be able to plan. And it's also nice to be able to take some PTO because that's not really a thing in the college basketball world. No, it's not. What do you think about college basketball right now, especially the portal? Because I think last time I looked, 1200 kids in the portal. It's nuts. Yeah, 1200 kids and growing. You know, I looking at college basketball and 
it's been hard to kind of evaluate this year with, you know, COVID and how that's affected fans and stuff like that. And also practices for for teams and protocols, et cetera. But it does feel like the last, you know, two years, give or take has been down a little bit um, from, from a talent standpoint. This transfer portal is out of control. Like you're talking about, you've got 12, 1300 kids in the portal and, you know, the crazy piece is some of those kids aren't going to have anywhere to go, right? So um, it, it's really nuts to see the SEC right now is doing a phenomenal job in the transfer portal. I saw somewhere today that the top 10 committed players out of the transfer portal for whoever ranks that, five of them are committed to the SEC right now. So the SEC is adapting and adjusting to the portal uh, doing a pretty good job of it. And I think next year uh, the league is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Freedom of movement is something that I've championed forever on this podcast. Whenever I've written a story, it doesn't matter. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and for the 247 Sports. And um, I've always wanted players to be able to go wherever they want to go. Coaches get to, yep. and there's no penalty. So I'm all for that. But there is a problem with kids thinking that, oh, this is going to be my second recruitment. I'm going to get the same kind of attention I was getting out of JUCO, out of high school, whatever, prep school. It's going to be like that again, and that's not the case at all. I mean, it is for the big-name guys. It is for the big-name transfer guys. But for a lot of other guys, unless you know where you're going once you enter the portal, you might be in for some trouble. No, no question about it. And, you know, over about the past half decade, people have really looked at what this rule is going to look like. You've got some guys out there like Matt Painter, who his idea was, hey, you can't transfer until your sophomore year's over. Uh, Frank Martin's kind of been a pretty big proponent of, hey, no, you know, no, you have to sit out with the exception of maybe if your coach leaves. So there's all sorts of ways to look at it. I'm with you, though, Ben. You know, I think that we need to give these players some freedom and responsibility The big negative that's not talked about enough, though, with the transfer portal is there's a stat out there that says about 30 percent of classes don't roll over when you transfer um, college basketball, college to college. Right. And so the uh, all, all the coaches in the NABC have done a really good job with APR scores and stuff like that and really getting kids to graduate the past five to 10 years or so. And so I do wonder the long-term effects on graduation rates uh, for these players. That's the big negative in my eye that I can't get over. But I'm also with you. You know, we need to let we need to let these kids um, move around a lot, and the smart coaches are the ones that are adapting and evolving to it. Yeah, and the SEC is doing a really good job. You've already talked about it and kind of hit on the stat that I wanted to talk about at length here. But it's going to change the way information is disseminated as you're recruiting kids out of high school. And the coaches that do the best job of explaining what the portal is and what to expect if you do enter the portal, if it doesn't work out for you, the harsh reality that it is for the vast majority of kids, save for the very top transfers, you need to have all this information at your disposal. And I'm going to be the person, the coach, the school, that provides that for you because I'm going to be up front with you. We expect you to come in here. We expect you to contribute. But this is what is going to be available to you if you're not happy. And you have to understand that you need to make the best decision now because that is what will be the best for you moving forward. You need to make your decision right now amongst your 
collection of schools because you just don't know what it's going to be. Make the most educated decision possible as a high schooler rather than trying to go back and get into a second recruitment that just never comes for most guys. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, I think that transparency in recruiting is something that should be a given anyway, but that's not how college basketball recruiting works. So, uh, you know, I think this may lead to a little bit more of that. But to your point, too, if you look at uh, kind of the cause and effect of it is, hey, you're an assistant coach. You've got three or four guys that you recruited on your roster. Well, guess what? Once they get to campus, you're going to have to continue to recruit them because people are going to be trying to get your guys. So it is a never ending cycle for these assistant coaches uh, from a recruiting standpoint. Oh yeah. And I had Kermit on this podcast in the fall and we were talking about this inevitability because the one thing we all expect to happen is the one year penalty free transfer to go through. And also for the SEC to relax its rule that you can't transfer in conference. We expect both of those things to happen. And we were talking in the fall, and he mentioned because of the upcoming transfer portal freedom of movement, movement, if you will, that was about mm-hmm. to happen, that he was going to have his assistants basically paying attention to every roster yep. and identifying guys that could potentially help that might end up in the portal. And let's not pretend like Ty Fagan, for example, transfers from Georgia. That's a guy that committed to Kermit at Middle Tennessee, re-recruited him when he got to Ole Miss, but he picked Georgia. Yep. Those previous relationships, Ty Fagan even admitted it to me that when he was playing Ole Miss, he was like, look, I was trying to prove to them I'm still that guy. I'm still that dude. So he still had thoughts of it or he had thoughts of it as he's playing Ole Miss. And that's part of it too. And the SEC's done a good job of it, but it also makes it not sneaky bad, but like it's kind of gross in terms of how you have to evaluate other rosters and basically think, oh, I wonder if that guy's going to get in the portal and help me. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, th- th- that's the way that it looks like, too. And, you know, kind of to your point, um, if you look at it from a football perspective, I hear, you know, on a monthly basis that the football teams, they've got guys, their GAs, their recruiting guys that are watching film nonstop of people on other teams because you have to be ready, right, from an evaluation standpoint. So it used to be, hey, here 90% of our recruiting staff is looking at, you know, elite high school prospects trying to find some diamonds in the rough. Well, nowadays, you know, maybe 30, 40% of your recruiting staff is watching film on current players that you may hear some rumblings or, you know, you think could be a potential for it. So no, no doubt there. Um, it's, it's a tough thing from a, keeping a roster together standpoint, because you've got guys that there may always be something in the back of the head, but it's definitely going to change the way college basketball is uh, long-term. Oh, it's happening that it's happening that way in football because football players, mm-hmm. they go through spring football practices. And if they look at the depth chart and they're not where they want to be, well, they want to leave and they're going to look around and survey their options. And if they can find a better place for them, an opportunity where they can really compete to start, then they're going to do that. And Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin has taken significant advantage of the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year alone, Kenny Yaboa, obviously, but Tavius Robinson, Dean Leonard going to Canada and getting those guys. And then this year, yep. I mean, they got a kid, Mark Robinson. I think he was a defensive lineman last year, but he's from Southeast. SEMO. Yeah, SEMO. That's right. And um, he was a defensive lineman last year. Well, now he's p- playing linebacker. And in the spring, he's the one that's turning the most heads. I mean, that's what kids are going to be doing. And that's what the good programs they're going to be keeping their eye out for those possibilities. And that leads to not just football, but basketball too. hiring general managers like a Matt Lindsay for football 
that effectively, yeah, you're running the recruiting operation, but really your biggest area of focus under your umbrella is paying attention to transfer possibilities. And I've said this before. I mean, if you go out there to Ole Miss spring football practices right now, and Jonathan Hess was on the podcast on Tuesday, great dude. And he's competing right now to start at tight end. Right now, running with the ones, but I don't know if Ole Miss has its tight end on campus yet. Yep. Because <laughs> there's kids right he's now still playing. playing. Yeah, he's still playing. And um, that could end up being something that you see happen at the end of May or the 1st of June once those summer workouts happen. Same thing in basketball. I mean, you could see basketball rosters not be settled until August. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. And, I mean, you look at um, – some of these SEC basketball rosters and some of these programs have over, you know, they've got three more people on their roster than they've got scholarships spots for. So then you've got some people, um, I'm trying to think like Tennessee has five spots available. I think the last time I looked at it. So, I mean, it is, it is nuts. It's ever changing. It's almost hard to keep up with in ways, but it's also very entertaining as well. It was funny though, because once all of the transferring started to happen at Ole Miss, had a bunch of people come at me on Twitter on the message board. What is going on right now? What's happening with <laughs> Ole Miss basketball? Like the world was coming to an end. Like Kermit had lost control of the team. And I kept trying to tell people, no, this is the new normal. This is the way it's going to be. And if you're a player that isn't participating on a team that's in the NCAA tournament, well, you're going to get out sooner than anybody else because if you can get into the portal before anybody else that is playing in the tournament gets in, you have a better chance of landing more softly than they do once they decide to transfer, unless they are one of the big, big names. And now you look around, name your program, Alabama, Tennessee, whatever, pick outside the SEC. Dude, you just name a program, and they've had significant transfers. I think most top programs or Power 5 programs have had at least three transfers per program. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the interesting part of it, you know, not, if you take yourself away from the D1 level is the trickle-down effect to JUCO and high schools because now with these JUCOs, you used to fill one, two, three spots a year off JUCOs, and now they're kind of the backup option for some of these because these coaches want to see what's out there in the transfer portal. Same point on the high school level. Hey, the four and the five stars, they're always going to have their P5 programs going after them. But what about the Chris Warrens of the world? What about the diamonds in the rough, the two stars? They used to could fill up some of those spots on a roster, and now they may get pushed out because of the transfer portal. So it'll be really interesting to see what that looks like long term. Unless you sign in the fall. If you sign in the fall, you're fine. Right. But Langston Wilson, Juco, that Ole Miss was in on, he signed with Alabama in the fall, and now he's reopened his recruitment, been released from his NLI to be able to explore other options. I mean, it's just a totally – different world and the only way high school players don't get squeezed out of this in the spring is if you're a top ranked guy a coveted guy that you get released Mm -hmm. from a program that maybe fired its coach or whatever it might be other than that you're clinging to your scholarship spot for dear life because the transfer portal that's where all these coaches realize i can completely overturn my roster and i can completely expedite the success of my program by just attacking transfers. I mean, your former boss, AK at UAB, he's doing that right now. Yep. And, and it felt like, it felt like really 
that he was totally just trolling Ole Miss getting KJ Buffett. I don't know he wasn't doing it. I know he wasn't, but it did feel like a little bit of an AK troll. You and I know him well as anybody. I mean, it just it felt a yeah. little bit like a troll job. Yeah, and I mean he's a he's an example, and um, you know he's an example of somebody that's taken advantage of it. They've got four guys there that are signed three that were P five starters. And I think he's got one more that he's going to get sometime here in the next couple of weeks. So, Hey, it's a, it's adapt or don't, but if you don't, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a long road for you. Alabama's absolutely crushed it. They're going to be a problem. Goodness gracious. Nate, Nate Oates, what he's doing there is phenomenal. And I really like when you look at, um, head coaches right and y'all do it you do your hot boards and all that stuff and everybody's looking and they're saying hey what has this head coach done but when I evaluate coaching hires I want to know before I evaluate who their three assistants are going to be before I evaluate and at, at Alabama he's got Antoine Petway who gets just about anybody he wants in the state of Alabama some of y'all out there will know him. I think in 02, they went to the Elite Eight. He was a walk-on turned Alabama legend. Uh, Brian Hodgson, who's out here getting four and five stars from every region of the country. And then he's got another assistant there that came from the G League that completely, he's their defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, N Nate knows that he can play this uh, kind of Lane Kiffin fun, high energy, a lot of scoring style offense. But he hired to his weakness and got this Juco guy or excuse me, this uh, G League guy who's really good defensively. And they were they were solid for the most part defensively, if you compare it to their pace of play this year. So Nate Oates, what he's doing there at Alabama, Musselman, what he's doing at Arkansas right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. That's why if you're Kermit, you have to adapt or die. And it not, it's not just about potential staff change or anything like that. None of that's going to happen this offseason, but. We've heard right. countless times already, and it's come from Kermit, that he's going to speed up their style of play. You kind of have to. I think they were one of the very slowest programs in Power 5 last year. I know they were in the 300s in offensive, offensive mm -hmm. efficiency. And in the half court, they weren't fast at all. I mean, it was a slog of an offense. And the problem is, is they went into the portal. Um, Nazir Brooks was totally a need-based ad. They wanted a rim yep. protector, and they got one. Obviously, we all think Jamin Brakefield is going to be the third piece added here. Yep. Where they only missed was at guard. And not to say Ty Fagan yep. is necessarily a miss, but for what they needed. Well, they needed a, per a perimeter yeah. guard, a perimeter shooting guard. Yep. Yeah, and Myron Jones was going to be that guy, but now he's going yep. to Florida. And there's just not a perfect fit left in the portal. So Ty Fagan comes in. He's a 6'3 combo guard, which fits the profile, but he didn't shoot threes. So now, right. if you're speeding it up, what's that even going to look like? Because it feels like it's doubling down. Maybe you're going to speed up what you already run, but it feels like you're doubling down on what you think your system is, which is fine because, let's be honest here, as much as everybody wants to wring their hands, Ole Miss was a game away from being in the NCAA tournament. At Ole Miss, no question. making the NCAA tournament is hard as hell. You know this as well yep. as anybody else, man. You were in those wars. You know how it goes. And at Ole Miss, it's really hard, and you're competing against programs that have what I call better recruiting infrastructure than Ole Miss does. <laughs> so to be every year in the conversation is enough. Um, there's no patience anymore, I think, because of the portal, because fans in general right. have just gotten a little bit more impatient. But I do think that there was an opportunity 
to maybe not necessarily box themselves in a little bit like they did with the portal, that they chose to go that way. And then when they missed, that meant they went with what was familiar, which was Ty Fagan, which is fine. But if you speed it up, now you're talking about three-point shooting coming from guys who didn't do it well last year. Matthew Morrell, Luis Rodriguez, those guys have to be the ones to step up and make those shots. Maybe Javon Brakefield if he's going to be an outside shooter Mm -hmm. at the floor. So it's just it's a very strange roster, and I don't know how to grade it. And I look around the SEC, and it's only getting harder – and I can understand yeah. why some Ole Miss fans would be concerned because they have a justifiable reason to be concerned. But Kermit has shown he's going to be competitive. What do you make of all of it? Yeah, so to break it down a little bit, if you look from a big standpoint defensively, I think I think you get better there this year because of Brooks. He is, like you said, he's a rim presence, still a pretty decent rebounder. Um, we're all under the uh, assumption that Brakefield's going to commit. Brakefield, not just at Duke, but before that the past couple years has really improved as a defensive player and his motor has improved as well. I don't think Brakefield has any specialty in his game. Like there's not one thing that I look at and go, wow, that's that much better than others, but every area he's good in. So I think you're good there. I think you're going to increase defensively from a big standpoint. When you look at the guards, I could kind of see it being a wash and here's why. Devontae Shuler, uh, probably, I, I don't remember where he landed, but top five, maybe top three steals um, in program history, really quick hands. But um, what, what you do is you're really subbing, you know, roughing for Devontae there, right? And so you're subbing them, and then all the other guards are getting older. Uh, Fagan, we really like as well. I think my comp for Fagan is maybe a little more guard-oriented, smarter Martavius Newby. Maybe not quite, you know, the the bulldog forward aspect of Newby, although he was only 6'2 or 6'3. But that that's kind of my my comp there. Not a perimeter threat. Going to score a lot off back cuts and around the rim. So defensively, I, I think that you're probably similar to last year. It wouldn't shock me if because of rim presence, you may have improved a little bit. The offense on the on the flip side, offensively, you're right. You know, um, you needed a perimeter shooter, not just a shooter, but a threat from a scouting report standpoint. There's still time, so who knows what could happen? You know, it it seems like this is going to be three spots out of the transfer portal, but you but you never really know. And so the concerns offensively is a you remove a back to the basket uh, presence in Romello White who in the modern era was, has, was one of the better back to the basket guys that we've had. Uh, then perimeter shooting doesn't improve. It's still pretty poor. Schuler at times could give you something there. Ruffin's a volume guy from three. Um, but I don't know that he's a guy that's going to get you, you know, 40% from the three point line. So that's still a concern. And then the thing that I don't think was talked about enough um, offensively last year was the ability to attack off the dribble with these wings. And so in in basketball, one of the things these coaches uh, track game by game is back to the basket paint touches, which is your Romello whites of the world, and then paint touches with your guards. So how many times your guards attack off the dribble, get two feet in the paint? If you would track that one through 14 in the league, I bet Ole Miss was probably the worst at that last year. So they're not able, they, they were not able to penetrate. And so if you take that back to the baskets presence away and you're not able to penetrate and you know, your perimeter shooting hasn't increased, 
What I think is you're going to put a little too much pressure offensively on Jarkel and Ruffin next year. That April, you know, here in mid-April, um, it, it's kind of what it seems like early. Player development can obviously increase. Um, they could add another piece to the portal. One of these freshmen that we're not talking about could come out of nowhere. But that's kind of what I look at when I look at this team from a very high level early. Yeah, they're jammed up in the middle. So those driving lanes won't be there just like they weren't there last year. The only difference is if they do speed it up and run, because I think they got more athleticism now than they did last year. And, and one thing that's going to sound yeah. crazy to some, but maybe you agree with me if you don't, that's fine. Devontae was always an awkward fit for Kermit. Making him a point guard was the only way they could utilize what he does well, because otherwise you can't play him off the ball. He has to be a ball-dominant guard. Same thing, though, with Matthew Morrell and Deshaun Ruffin. So Matthew Morrell playing off the ball didn't work last year. Now, maybe it works next year if Deshaun is the guy that dominates the ball, but I would have put mm -hmm. the ball in Matthew Morrell's hands and just lived with the results, knowing that for future seasons he was that much more important because Devontae was always an awkward fit. So maybe by running, and not to say he didn't have athleticism, he had athleticism to spare. The difference is, is the roster up and down. KJ, for example, Jamin Brightfield is more athletic than KJ Buffett. He just is. We can all agree that way. Yeah, um, and he's not. And he's not going to get in foul trouble at the right. Place that yeah, he's did. he's not going to get have three fouls four minutes in. Romello White is a true back to the basket presence. And right, he, he you're right. He's one of the very best Ole Miss has ever had. Period. And it's a shame <laughs> that Ole Miss only had him for a year. And if they didn't right. make the NCAA tournament with him, I could keep going with that. Whatever. But in, <laughs> in Kermit's offense. He prefers rotation, rotation, paint, touch, rotation, all that kind of stuff. Yep. But now he's putting Brooks in the dunker spot and effectively just going to try to take that athleticism and outrun people. The problem is, is you don't have the three-point shooting to really keep people guarding you at the three-point line. Yep. They're just going to jam up lanes until somebody can step up and be that guy. And I think the best candidate for that is obviously Matthew Morrell, the problem there is I think Matthew played out of position this year when he should have been dominating the ball. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, and, you know, one thing that I've noticed with this offense past three years is they like their scorers coming from the wing spot. You know, they don't run a whole lot of flat high ball screens like you saw for Moody back in the day or Chris Warren, where it's kind of isolation, one or two movements here. It's more of a continuation a lot of dribble weave, a lot of dribble handoffs. So somebody is going to have to do that. Now, on your point, Matthew Morrell, I still have full confidence in Matthew Morrell. You've heard this from yeah, Kermit. You've heard this from you've heard this from AK. The biggest leap is freshman to sophomore year. Um, and so I think that this year is going to be a huge year for Matthew Morrell. I, I, I like him. I think he's a high IQ kid. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think – Jarkel, one thing about him is shot a ton of mid-range this year. And but that one was thing nuts, like man, because look, it was like he would take one step into the three-point line when if he just took one step back, he probably would have shot about 37% from three. It wasn't that much longer of a shot. And no doubt. And another thing that on that point, too, is I've been, to, you know, been talking about not being able to attack off the dribble. 
Jarkel was probably the best at getting by his defender, but then it turned into a one dribble step back mid range. So Jarkel, we need him more attacking off the bounce in the paint. And he needs to, from a quantity standpoint, shoot more threes so that teams can keep him honest from there as well. I think he's more capable of a three point shooter than we, than we think he is. So that's something that, you know, he needs to do next year to open this offense up a little bit. I a hundred percent agree with that. I think Jarkel did himself a disservice by just thinking that I'm most comfortable in the mid range. You take one step back, seriously, it was one step back and it's the same shot, but it's three points instead of two. I mean, I do love one thing in particular about Nate Oates' practices. This sounds like a Nate Nate Oates just celebration (laughs) podcast, for Christ's sake. But um, in his practices, he has all the spots marked, and there's no mid-range, no mid-range, because it's the most inefficient shot in basketball, in modern basketball. And Jarkel, good as he is in the mid-range, again, man, just take a step back because you have the ability. And I think he got better towards the end of the year. But it's not just George Hill either, because Luis Rodriguez has that kind of potential. I think Luis kind of got boxed into being that attacking wing when really he's a poor man's TD, and TD didn't really open up his three-point game until he got to the NBA. And I think that Luis, man, you can go ahead and take that step. You don't have to wait. You don't have to be one that just facilitates from the wing. And I know that Kermit likes that and prefers that, but if he does – Indeed, do what he says. Does what he says he's going to do, and that's speed the offense up, change things up a little bit. Then allowing Luis to not only play make from the wing, but also catch and shoot threes. I think he can do that. But again, what has happened because of what Kermit and the staff were able to or not able to do in the portal is the improvement from three has to come from guys on your roster, and that's where I, I can get the concern then. Right. I I totally agree there. And you're right. You know, I would, if you look at it analytically, Hey, five feet and in and then three pointers and you're right. NATO has it, you know, he's got different point systems where you get like negative one point. If you shoot a mid range shot in practice, it's, it's crazy, but no. And, but I think, you know, with some of these guys like Morell and Joyner with the shot selection, some of that can be fixed. And so, I mean, you know, that's just, something uh, through repetition and kind of scheme a little bit. I I do think you're right. This team is more athletic than they were last year. But I also think that from an expectation standpoint, you're going to still see them against the Alabama's Arkansas of the world, slow it down a little bit. It's just from an average standpoint compared to last year, you'll see it speed up a lot. We'll get right back to Brack and Ray in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance, 
Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call. 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy. Much more than just a pharmacy. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know, because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless, even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue. Just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. How would you grade how they've done in the offseason, assuming that Jamin does come? So are you including high school players there or just this portal? Everything. Oh, man. I mean, I think I would give it um, probably a B-plus-ish and maybe from a talent standpoint higher than that. But to your point, um, from a fit standpoint, they're, they're one piece away there. And like I said, you know, you, ne- you never know what's going to pop open in the portal. So it seems like they're done. It seems like we're not hearing names, but you never know. The problem is there's no obvious guy to get rid of. That, that's fair. Um, I think that I can think of two that if you can get somebody in there, you probably make it happen. Yeah, but I yeah, no, I agree thinking about. <laughs> no, yeah. 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 Um, I do think that the high school class has the potential to be really good, especially when they got the uh, Vander Hayden guy. I, I like him, the Louisville former commit signee. I, I like him. But because he can, he can play make it the four, just like Jamin Brakefield if you do get him. But the thing is, is as much as I might like what they've done, they are a piece short. And the SEC right. has done absolute work in the portal. Mike White has killed it at Florida. Nate Oates has killed yep. it at Alabama. Rick Barnes has killed it at Tennessee. It's not going to get any easier. And then you got right. LSU making a strong-ass offer for Xavier Pinson. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not yeah. like it's going to get any easier for Ole Miss. And again, I keep saying again because I repeat myself over and over for sound like a broken record, but Ole Miss was a game away. Ole Miss was a game away, right. and it had it gotten its – regular non-conference schedule probably in as an eight seed just like it was in 2018 yeah and it's, it's interesting to see we're super early with it too right now at a high level though again mid mid-april looks like missouri and lsu are going to take a big step back but it looks like kentucky and auburn are going to take a pretty big step forward and you know there's some rumblings too about some guys that state are going after as well, that if they could get one or two of those guys and with their returning pieces could take a step forward too. So uh, no, I agree with you. You know, this conference 
over the past five years, I mean, it's improved dramatically. The way that they are recruiting, um, especially with these top tier teams, is unbelievable. But man, it's a lot of fun to watch as well. Purely hypothetical, because I don't think Ole Miss is in it at all. But if you could have Jamin or DJ Jeffries for this roster, who'd you take? Oh, man, that's tough. I mean, I feel like I would take Brakefield, but I haven't seen a ton of him. Jeffries is a little all over the place. He's a little inconsistent, but he also had times where he looked like a star, too. So I, I don't know. I, I think I think this staff would take Brakefield because I feel yeah. like they were they recruited him harder um, than Jeffries. Yeah. And plus, Jeffries is going to Mississippi State. But um yeah. <laughs> what should the expectations be for next year? Do you buy into that this is a critical year for Kermit? Because I've said that I don't think Ole Miss, knowing the history of this program, knowing how difficult it is, not just talking to Kermit, not just talking to AK, just any coach that's come through here. Mike White will tell you. It's really hard. It's a tough job and arguably one of the toughest Power 5 jobs. Ole Miss cannot be in the business of hiring and firing coaches after three years, after four years, because if it does get into that business, what was already a small pool as far as candidates will only shrink that much more. Because back when Ole Miss hired Kermit, it talked to a number of different guys, but Tom Crane, he said, I'm not interested in that job. And he called your former right. boss and asked him about it. And AK just was honest with him. And Crane said, no, no, I, I, it's 14 out of 14 in the SEC. I can't win at that job. Now, Kermit... He, he can win at this job. He's proven he can win at this job. And stylistically, every year contention, he's got it. But there is impatience. There is a little bit of restlessness right now with the fan base. So in your opinion, where are they and what does next year mean? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, it's it's really hard to tell. I have been a, a Kermit fan since, you know, kind of the middle of his Middle Tennessee tenure. It was probably the mid-major program that I kept up with more than any of them. Um, obviously, he's a Mississippi guy. Ben, tell me if you disagree with this, but I thought his first year from a coaching standpoint was probably one of the most impressive uh, coaching jobs in the history, maybe, of Ole Miss basketball. It, it was up there. He did benefit from a TD who was ready to go to the NBA, a Brienne who was right. a hell of a wingman, and Devontae playing capably at point guard. Devontae proved, right. and I love the kid. I love the kid. I really do. But Devontae proved that he needs two other guys. He needs two other dudes because he can't lead a team. Yeah. He just can't. And he did hit some game winners, and he did take over some games. But, man, he shrunk at the end of the year last year. He needs some dudes. And a lot of that had to do with personnel. And like right. we were talking about earlier, the middle of the lane being clogged up because of what Ole Miss had and its inability to make threes. But Devontae needed another dude. But, yes, it was an incredible coaching performance. Considering how short right. that bench was, who its bigs <laughs> were, problem is, right. is getting to the NCAA tournament was a feat in and of itself. But losing the way they did, man, it took a lot of shine off of it. Yeah, no, I hear that. Um, and, and, you know, to answer your question, it's really hard to it's really hard to look at because, you know, when I remember being in my house in April or May of 2017, hearing about the contract extension not rolling over. And I got some buzz from probably somebody who heard it from you or somebody else in the media that, hey, the expectation 
uh, from the top down with administration is to go to the tournament 50 to 70% of the time. Right. And I'm like, come on. I I was like, shit, we're done. Um, but anyway, you know, I, I think that he's done a good job and this year, I don't know how you're to judge it, but the, to the flip side of that, if you go to the tournament this year, somehow, well, now you've got Ruffin as a freshman, you've got, or excuse me, as a sophomore, you know, you've got Breakfield, uh, you've got Morell. Joiner could potentially use that extra year. So if he can make it happen this year, you're talking about this thing getting to be in on a roll. So it's tough to look at. I think the, the question on this staff that I, that I hear a lot is the evals piece, right? The evaluations and the number of players that they brought in that are no longer on the roster. And I'll agree with that. It's been the one thing that surprised me. If you look at it, if you were to tell me in April of 18, when he was hired, that he would be a better recruiter than an evaluator three years into his tenure. And what I mean by that is going up against P5s and winning a few battles and definitely lost some too, but winning a few battles like a rough and breakfield could go to Michigan or West, West Virginia. You know, they, they kept that one Morell, Texas. He's won some good P5 battles. So he's recruited better than he's evaluated three years into his tenure, which I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean that as criticism. It's almost been more of a surprise to me than anything, because I thought that would have been flip flopped. Yeah, that's a good point because you'd think that with his system, he would know the exact archetype to go out and get. And yeah, and and more of the and more of what he did at middle too, right? Because that you have to eval well at at middle. Um, I think his formula is in place well because he's been on this transfer thing for years now, but also has signed what four or five four stars since he's been at Ole Miss as well. If you include some of these transfers what they were ranked in high school. So, you know, th- that's been the one thing that's been a little surprising to me. But like I said, I mean, if you talk to SEC coaches, SEC coaches think of him as as, as one of the uh, bright minds from an X's and O's standpoint. If an Ole Miss basketball team is going to the NCAA tournament once every three years, that's doing work. And right now it's once every three years, and that's fine. Now that's the next three years. Okay, do you go anytime in the next three years? As long as you're competing, you're in contention, you don't bottom out. Now, the second year, you could argue they bottomed out. Okay, I get it. But as long as they're not bottoming out and they're in contention and they make it once every three years, that's enough. So for me, it's not even a question. I don't think it's a question for Keith Carter. Look, he was on this podcast last week, and he said straight up, I rolled over his contract. Because if you get to the place where you have to choose to roll over or not, well, you've already made your decision. Either he's your guy or he's not your guy. If you're not going to roll him over, fire him. Because playing half yeah. measures, man, that just doesn't work. Half measures do not work. I think the one thing, and I've said this to Garment, the one thing that is being held against him, and justifiably so, is over-promising and under-delivering. All right? Mm-hmm. Coming out publicly and saying things like the best team, this, or this player is this, or this player is that, yeah. we're going to be this, always under-sell it. And then overperform it. But Kermit's kind of gotten caught up with getting excited about his team, which is fine. I mean, it's okay to be excited about your team. Um, But publicly, fans are going to latch on to that because you're the head of the table. They're going to listen to you. They're going to share in that excitement. 
And then if you fall short of what you think your program is, well, then that's where the criticism is going to come. Well, how the hell did you not see that? How did you not know that that's what's going to ha- that that was what was going to happen? And so I think um, that's been the biggest detriment for him is just he's come out and said some things and oversold some things and then underperformed when it needs to be the other way around. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. And look, um, I say you what know, you want to have... about AK. He would just straight up tell you that all of his players <laughs> sucked. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to deny that. Um, so, yeah, I think on that piece, too, that's just – and you know this in the football world as well. Lead assistant recruiters for a guy are always going to hype their dude up, right? And so this from – you know, this has kind of just been uh, on a different stage, right? It's been on a different level from – from the hype standpoint, but there's also some of that, you know, there's a few dudes on their roster uh, currently and previously that they probably thought would be a fit. And that just happens sometimes. So, um, no, Sean totally Robinson's what you're happen. they happen where you just miss. Right. Cause there were some P five schools that were very interested in Sean Robinson. Yeah. Reclassifying him, getting him on campus like yeah. Ole Miss did. But I said this at the time, it should have been a red flag for everybody when he redshirted. I know that he needed to grow into his body, needed to work on rebounding. But if you're that dude, you're not rebound. I mean, you're not uh, redshirting. You're not redshirting. <laughs> right. That's fair. That's fair. If you're a dude, you're just not going to redshirt, and he did. So I think that was a red flag. But anyway, that's a full-on discussion about Ole Miss basketball. You said you're going to be coming to the LSU series. Yeah, is the LSU series the LSU series next weekend? Yeah, so I'm actually um, going to take some work off. Uh, I'm going to take Thursday and Friday off, so I'm going to have a little five-day, four-night uh, vacation in Oxford, so to speak. So I'm pretty pumped about it. God, you're just living the Ole Miss fan life. How's that? How's the transition from, okay, I was in it. It's like you saw the sausage get made, and you don't want a sausage biscuit anymore, but now <laughs> you're not making sausage, so all of a sudden you're just eating up some sausage biscuits? Yeah, so I think um, when watching football and baseball, I'm still pretty fan based in it. Um, And I act just like the rest of everybody else and probably buy into the hype on some people and don't don't on others. But basketball, it's been really weird. I'm able to kind of watch it from an objective standpoint. I've got you know, I've got friends and coaching buddies in the league and in other conferences as well. Bill Armstrong, um, close with him, saw him a few weeks ago. He's he's one of the best. But it's fun to – I know I know SEC fans always want to root for the opposing teams, but it's been fun to kind of watch some other teams and uh, root for Ole Miss for sure and also watch some teams and root for some teams that I've got guys that I know or have worked with on. If you had to predict right now, this time next year, what Ole Miss basketball season will we have been talking about? What will they have done? Um, for, my gut tells me that this this year's team, um, from a net standpoint, will finish somewhere similar to it did last year. That's kind of what my gut tells me because of, if you look at it, I think two teams in the SEC are going to take a big step back and two are going to take a big step forward, and then Mississippi State's kind of somewhere in the middle. So I think Ole Miss probably finishes somewhere between six and eight in the league next year. Is that good enough to make the NCAA tournament? Uh, that is a question that you know we'll be able to look at here in the next couple months because it's all going to depend on what some of these some of these rosters in the SEC look like. You and know, look, uh, right? Ole Miss had it gotten its non-con. 
probably it works for them. It works out for them that way. The seventh, eighth team in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, well, the funny piece that you know playing hypothetical is Ole Miss and Memphis were supposed to play last year. The winner of that game is probably in the tournament, and the loser may have been on the bubble. Yep, in non-con, you know. So um, Penny no, still totally, wants this job, by the way. Still wants a Ole Miss job. Yeah, or Memphis job. The Ole Miss job. Gosh, his his tenure there has been uh, entertaining. Exactly what anything. I thought it would be. Come on, be honest. Yeah, yeah, it it, it has been. Um, actually, I think it's been somewhere in the middle of what most people thought it would be. Because I think some people thought that it was either a small amount of people thought it was going to be this huge success because of recruits, and others think that it's absolutely burned to the ground. And I'm not saying it hasn't been a negative, but I don't think it's quite burned to the ground yet, but it could be getting there at some time soon. Pick one Ole Miss sport for next year that has the most successful season, football, basketball, baseball. Oh, man. I'm going to go football next year. God, you're such a a fanboy now. I know, I know. I feel, I feel like, uh, I feel like we're going to lose a good bit off this rotation next year. I didn't like what I saw out of some of these, uh, <laughs> out of some of the guys not named Nikhazy or Gunner last weekend. So that scares me a little bit, baseball wise. Um, so I don't know. I think it could be pretty, pretty close there because I mean, a t- I could see a top fifteen finish in both football and baseball. So that's pretty neck and neck. Going to jump right back to Bracken Ray in this edition of Talk of Champions after we hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. I would go football, basketball, baseball. Okay, so you you think basketball will finish better than baseball next year? As far as the postseason. Well, Ole Miss fans have a problem thinking that Omaha is like the NCAA tournament, and that's just not the case. That's just not true. 64 teams make the NCAA tournament. But if we're grading on that curve, then I think Ole Miss is going to make the NCAA tournament just because they got so close this year. They didn't get the entire month of November or half of December 
So it took them a while with all the new pieces to get used to it, to what yeah. they were going to be and who they were going to be. And once they finally figured that out, it clicked and it worked. They were three and six. They won eight of 11. They did exactly what any fan should want their team to do, finish strong. Yeah, they lost some games they shouldn't have lost, especially that game in Nashville against Vanderbilt. That was just absolutely awful. I get it. Oh yeah, I was I was one of uh, I, I was one of about fifty three people there. So as I good as I think the baseball lineup could be, I'm concerned about the rotation right now. I really am. Yep. I'm looking at yep. Derek Diamond, Drew McDaniel, and Josh Mallets. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that rotation is going to be. So you're going to be taking a real step back without Gunner and Doug Nikhazy. Now the lineup, you're going to be able to pound people. It depends on how you view the postseason for baseball, basketball, and football. Because for football, if a coach went to the Outback Bowl every other year, Ole Miss fans would say, hey, build a statue for him, right? <laughs> right. Well, that's effectively baseball if you go to regional. Oh, no doubt. And I mean, uh, uh, you know, we've, I know that AK said it before publicly, but metrically speaking, NIT and some of these bowl games mm-hmm. are pretty yeah. comparable. The Liberty Bowl. Well, some of the Shreveport Liberty Bowl, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we talked about that one time we sat in his office, and he was fired up, man. <laughs> He's a very intense guy. We were talking about this, and he was like, look, man, uh, the NIT is effectively like going to the Music City Bowl, and if somebody went to the Music City Bowl at Ole Miss every single year, they'd say he's the best friggin' coach ever. Yeah, I think he used a different word. He did, and I had to stop myself, you know, because – <laughs> I tend to talk a little bit like that as well, so it's uh, it's hard for me. But, yeah, I think I would pick football to do well. The thing is about football, I think the hype train is going to be so significant that it can only be a letdown if they don't contend for Atlanta now. I think fans are going to be so hyped up. And I think that goes back to what we're talking about or maybe just what I brought up about Kermit, underselling and overperforming. And it's not Lane's fault because right. Lane's dull as he can right. possibly be when he's doing media opportunities. But – that's kind of <laughs> what happens when you play a 10-game All-OCC schedule, go 4-5, and five, compete in every single game you play, and then go beat number 11 Indiana in the Outback Bowl. So I think the hype train is just going to be All so right. significant. Much as he's going to talk about rat poison and, <laughs> hey, just bring the temperature down, it's going to be hard. I think Ole Miss fans are starving for football to be successful. But if football is successful, everything else kind of follows in a way. Yeah, they're going to bitch and moan about a loss here or there, but that's just the way it's going to be always. Yeah, no doubt. No, I agree with you. It's a, it's a tough thing, but the world revolves around football and to the transfer port, port, uh, portal piece, you got to adapt to it. If you're, if you're the coach of any of the other sports, you just have to. You've kind of talked me into the idea that there's going to be maybe one more guy, even if right now we're all kind of operating like it's three. Now I'm kind of leaning toward maybe it could be four, depending on the right guy. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I know nothing there, but I'm just, I, I could see it. Um, you know, I think that going and getting like like we've talked about for the past thirty minutes or so, going and getting that perimeter shooter that is not just a guy who's going to take shots, but is all he's a shot maker, not a shot taker. A guy that is a threat on the scouting report that you know you're looking at as a opposing coach and having to really guard in a different way than the rest of these guys on the lineup. I think that that's super important, and if you can get one that is really solid. You know, I said six to eight in the league. That one moves up a few spots just off of that one player if it, if he's solid enough and he's a fit for that role as well. So I guess we'll see what happens there. Or or Austin Crowley finally be good. When he was signed, Kermit and them said off the record, but I can say it now because I think he's admitted it, that he said straight up, this is going to be one of the best players I ever had. He just hasn't done it. Why not? 
That's a good question. Um, the, the one thing when I watch him play that jumps off the screen to me is the strength piece. I just don't feel like, and I know, I feel like he got mono maybe his freshman year or something like that happened, but he, he can jump high. He's fairly quick. He's long as hell, but his strength is not in an SEC level. And I feel like that that's hindered him for the past two years. Yeah, probably so. If you had to pick one player to take the biggest jump, Currently on the roster, who would it be? Oh, I mean, I think it's Morrell. I think I think that's the safe bet. Um, is, is probably Matthew Morrell taking the biggest jump. I mean, we saw what he could do in high school. He was playing at a high level both in Memphis and at IMG. Um, he's played against a bunch of dudes, and that freshman to sophomore jump is it can be significant. So that's the one that I would put my money on. Could I sell you some Sammy Hunter stock? Well, all my friends are love love some Sammy Hunter. They're in the Sammy Hunter fan club. Um, I I don't know. I I could see it. Um, you know, he, he I hear out it. Of nowhere, I hear it in your voice, man. I hear it. He, you're not buying. He out of he out of nowhere. You know, hit a couple threes throughout the year, which just kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, I mean, define. You know, I think it's kind of defined buying some stock. Could I see him being a solid uh, four or five man off the bench? Sure. But outside of that, you know, I don't think he's going to be a 20 minute plus a game guy. Does Matt Corral finish as a Heisman top three candidate? Um, I'm going to say no there because I just don't think that we're, we're going to win enough for him to finish there. Whoa, I think we're going to win whoa, a lot. Whoa, 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 whoa. How, how many wins are we talking here? Oh man, I'm gonna say with the bowl game, with the bowl game, eight and a half. Oh, you can't win a half a game, Bracken. What are you talking about? Okay, so we'll, we'll say we'll say nine. So we're either gonna <laughs> we're either gonna win eight and win the bowl game, or win nine and lose it. I feel like if they don't contend and make it to Atlanta this year, I don't know when they would go anytime soon. If you're waiting for that appearance well, in Atlanta, it needs to be this year. Now the defense has to get better. I'm not saying that Ole Miss is never going to make it. I'm just looking at you got the best quarterback return in the SEC. Yeah. Everything's lining up. Okay, this has got to be the year because the schedule isn't all that difficult. It's just not. No, it's not. I think um, the defense is going to take a big jump, but I, is it going to be big enough to be Atlanta contender? That's that's kind of my hesitation uh, from yeah, a football standpoint. But I'm I'm all aboard. I'm all aboard Lane. Um, his staff. You want to talk about somebody who's hired a, a good staff? It is refreshing as an Ole Miss fan to see what he's done with his assistants. Um, and hopefully that's, you know, we can have more of that to come on football, whether he's here or somebody else is here. I say all that and watch him lose to Louisville on September 6th. <laughs> is Louisville any good? I don't even know. Wow. Cause I feel like last year they were, they last year, I don't think they were good, but the year before that they were decent. Um, that's kind of what I think off the top of my head, but football is so crazy last year. It's it's like a it's like a blur trying to figure out what happened with uh, football. It says preseason ranked forty two in the FPI poll. Man, the FPI poll just made no I sense. I know, I know. I saw somebody familiar there today that did not uh, that was not yeah. deservable. Mississippi State at eight. <laughs> I'll say it. it. Made no sense. I, how did they com- no come sense. up with this? I mean, I don't understand the algorithm. I don't understand what all simulations they run. On what planet 
And this has nothing to do with me covering Ole Miss or whatever state fan listening to this saying, oh, Ben Garrett's a homer. has nothing to do with any of that. But in what simulation, according to what algorithm, is Mississippi State 8 going into next year? How? And tell me this. How is Ole Miss 22, Indiana 25, and then LSU and Auburn are 18 and 16 respectively? Ole Miss, I could argue, is far better than LSU or far in far better position going into the year than LSU and Auburn and certainly Mississippi State. I have no clue. This thing was drunk. Yeah, it, it's uh, nonsensical is the word that comes to mind. Makes absolutely no sense. No sense. I mean, Alabama's going to be number one. Of course it is. Of course. Oklahoma too, fine. Right. Mississippi State at eight. Oh, my God. If you could lay money right now. Yes, nonsense. If you could lay money right now on Ole Miss to win the West, would you do it? Well, I mean, what are my what's the payout here? They got to have the second best odds, don't they? Yeah, second or third for sure. I don't know. I mean, it it depends on the layout. I just Bama is a machine right now, yeah. um, and has been, and has been, and has been, and has been, and hopefully one day they won't be anymore. But that doesn't seem uh, that doesn't seem very likely. Look, we got to go, so I'm gonna do rapid fire real quick. Okay, you say win or loss. Okay. Okay. Louisville. Win. Austin P. Win. Tulane. Win. At Alabama. Loss. Home against Arkansas. Uh, win. At Tennessee. Win. Home against LSU. I'm going to go win there. At Auburn. Oh, um, I'm going to go loss there. That running back's pretty special. The one I can't believe That's you're a- still keeping on the schedule. Liberty. Win. Have fun that weekend, by God. the way, on the beat. I'm start. I've already started dreading it, man. I'm telling you. Are you gonna Are you gonna go to the opposing team's press conference and ask some questions? If he doesn't want me in there. <laughs> <laughs> Texas A and M at home. Oh man, that's a tough one. I think Ole Miss barely wins that one. I think we're either gonna we're gonna split A and M and Auburn. Who's that's Texas A and M's quarterback? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Vanderbilt at home. Win. At number eight, Mississippi State. Oh, going to be a tough one going in. Top ten matchup. If they're, if they're number eight, that may be game day for the Egg Bowl for the first time in history. Uh, but I'm going to go win over the dogs. You just picked Ole Miss to go ten and two. No, I, that's nine and three. Oh, I thought you had No, you had, that, you had only two losses. Let me see. All right, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, you only picked two losses. Oh boy. Well, maybe on maybe on paper it's better than it is in my head. Or maybe, or maybe, you're just that big of an Ole Miss homer now. You're out of the business. Yeah. You're just all I know. You're just I know. driving I'm, the lane I'm, train. I've become so subjective since I left. I love it. He's Bracken Ray, former Ole Miss basketball assistant. Thanks for sitting in for me for an hour, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Had a blast. 
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.